0: Well, another week of exciting college football action is in the books, which means we're coming to you with another episode of Running for the Roses, a Rose Bros production podcast. I'm joined by my crack shot team, the ever fabulous Ryan Lucas and the ever wonderful Lucas Rody. Fellas, how are we doing this week?
1: Doing great. Doing great. Another great week of college football. Excited to, excited to uh, t- talk about it with you, fellas. Yeah, same.
2: Even though it has done nothing but rain here for the last three days, which has been uh, which has been great, but it made for a good weekend to not really do anything. And,
0: yeah, and uh, exciting uh, news football. coming up this weekend. Our episode that'll be recorded at the end of this upcoming week's college football. We will all be live and in person with each other. Ryan and I are making the trek out to Nashville to join Lucas. Uh, so we'll bring you some some live college football action. Maybe talk some NFL because I know that's what all we're doing on Sunday and talk about some things that happened um, so before we get to recaps and roses for the week because um, we'll have some interesting things to talk about um, we're gonna bring back a segment that we did before we kind of started uploading things and this is really where we give Ryan a chance to rant about something in college football that is otherwise yeah. bugging him yeah so so Ryan what's what are you ranting about today on this week's Ryan's rants
1: so so here's the thing like I love college football. I love the pageantry. I love sitting at home on my couch and scrolling through the channels. Something has to be done about the length of these college football games. It is – they're too long, man. These games are going three and a half, 345, four hours. And it's its just a tough product to watch, right? Between all the TV timeouts, between all the reviews, between the three targeting reviews we get every single game in every game, Um, it's just too much. And I think there are a couple of quick fixes, right? I think, you know, why does the clock still stop after every first down? I don't understand that in college. Doesn't, doesn't that in the NFL? I think they need to to change that rule. Um, I know that Fox in college does the, you know, touchdown commercial kickoff commercial that was banned in the NFL a couple of years ago. I don't know why it's not banned in college. It's just it's tough to watch these games sometimes because like I'll give you an example for ASU like the ASU game was on after the Georgia South Carolina game and that game didn't end on time. So ASU was kicked to ESPN News and everyone's confused about when the game's going to start. Where is it going to be on? Um, One of our friends didn't have ESPN News on his cable package so he couldn't watch the first and it's not like if you're going to miss a series. okay, but now it's like you miss the whole first quarter. Like I remember the Oregon and Ohio State game 2 weeks ago. I saw all these people in Texas complaining on Twitter because Fox switched their game to the Texas A&M Colorado game because it was the in-market game for the state of Texas. So you're having these games bleed into it. I mean ACC Network only accounts for 3 hours for their games. That's blasphemy. ESPN sometimes only accounts for 3 hours or 3:15. That's blasphemy. So I just think something has to be done about the viewership of college football. These games are taking too long. There's unnecessary reviews. There's unnecessary stoppages of the clock and it just hurts the viewing experience. And that's somebody that I love sitting here for 14 hours on my couch, ordering DoorDash and watching college football, but enough is enough. That's my rant for this week.
0: So I, 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 I agree with you. We were watching what game were we watching this past week.
1: Uh, it would have been Oklahoma, Nebraska. Yeah, we're like
0: Oklahoma, Nebraska, and I think we counted. And in the fourth quarter, in a half an hour of T V world, there was like three minutes of game action. That can't be done. So I'm I am in agreement with you, Lucas. I think I think you were nodding your head in agreement as well.
2: No, I am I mean I was complaining about it. A little bit just with it wasn't necessarily with uh pace to play, but just with like the amount of targeting freaking reviews that we have. It's at least three or four a game. So so, and- so let's so
0: let's let's open that can of worms while we're at it because that seems to be a lot of complaints as well. Targeting in college football. Um I get why they do it, but is this really is this really working?
1: No, no it's not working because it's it's the reviews come unprompted. You never know when like you don't know what targeting is, right? If the offensive player lower, l- lowers the helmet into the defensive player and the defensive player hits him with his helmet, is that targeting? It seems like every big hit or big collision is reviewed for targeting. The coaches don't have to challenge it, the refs on the field don't have to call for a challenge, it's the it's the replay official in the booth. And I don't I also don't think if you do one targeting penalty, you should be automatically ejected. Like I don't like that. I know why they're trying to do it. I know they're trying to really emphasize player safety. They're trying to ingrain it in these defensive players' heads. If you leave with your helmet, you will be ejected. But I mean, one mistake in the first quarter and you could lose one of your best defensive players for the game, and he's suspended, or if it happens in the second half of a game, he's suspended for the first half of the next game i I just think it was a it was a rule that was instituted with with good intentions it just hasn't played out that way
2: and it's I, I just think you can't legislate every little thing that you want out of the game either like football's a physical sport these guys go into the game knowing the risk of what they're getting into and I'm all for banning helmet to helmet hits things like this but it just gets, I feel like every year we're adding something to targeting. Like now you don't even have to hit helmet to helmet. It could just be leading with the crown of your helmet and hitting a part of their body. We saw uh, a player from Clemson get ejected for that last year in the playoff game. And I agree with you too, uh, Ryan. I think it should be like, you know, like they do in the NBA, you have like a flagrant one or a flagrant two. If you get two of them in a game, then maybe you're done. But it just it just it changes the aspect of a game just on a play where most of the time it's not even excessive or blatant that this person is trying to harm somebody else and i just think but i just i don't know what you put in place to to make it better i just think the game was better before it was even legislated
0: so couldn't couldn't the solution be as simple as now, the, granted, this does this will do something that no conference or college ever wants to do, which is taking money out, but couldn't, or at basically things costing more money, couldn't in theory, okay, now I say in theory, couldn't in theory you basically have a sky judge, um, there's been talks about adding them to the NFL, um, particularly in big college football games where You know, hey, he can see things that he can see all the camera angles, get all the information. And if he buzzes down to the box, he's already made a determination before we ever get there. Like, couldn't, you know, that be something that could ultimately end up being so that way he's moving with the flow of the game. I know, you know, I I, I know didn't I know in some sports where we have review baseball, the NFL, um, you know, they have their reviewers elsewhere that can oftentimes come into play and say, hey, this is what I saw. Um, could this be yeah. something that college football could institute where basically it's, hey, we've got a judge. We'll call him the sky judge. And even for things that are like, hey, was he in inbounds? Was that a catch? Those kinds of things. There's an extra set of eyes. So, you know, the dude in the white hat doesn't have to wander over and stand there looking like an idiot for six minutes while he's looking over game tape. Couldn't that be well, something more reasonable? I think
2: we well, – college football, every play is revealable by the booth. Um,
0: yeah, so but
1: I but mean, the there difference a, but
0: the but the difference a, is is the the homie in the white hat still has to go look at it, like if the, if the sky judge is buzzing down, you're saying
1: have you're saying have the sky judge just, just make the call, just make hey, the call and move on,
0: just make the call and yeah. move on.
1: I mean, I think it's 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 giving a lot of power to one person, um, and you better hope that guy has a great interpretation of the rules and and sees the right things. But I don't know. I mean, I I, I also think on a broader scale, like college should adapt a lot of these NFL principles with regards to reviews. I mean, college, I can't tell you how many times a game you'll, you you, you'll see something just get stopped because they want to review. If the player stepped out of bounds five yards earlier, or if the catch, the guy maybe was bobbling the ball at the end of this, at the, at, at the end of the catch. I mean, listen, if you want to give the coaches two challenges and the coach wants to burn a challenge, do it, but we don't have to review every single thing in the first half or in the first three quarters. Like you just don't have to do it. That's just, That's just what I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm in agreement there. Well, so challenges, targeting, all things that we hate about college football. Let's talk about some things that we love. Um, Boys, I think we're going to start with our roses this week because it's always a really great way to jump off into recaps. Lucas, let's start with your rose this week. Who – Oh, for new listeners, by the way, let me, let me explain this. So our podcast is called running for the roses. And we decided that every week we're going to give a bachelor style rose away to somebody who did something really great, a team, a coach, what have you to exemplify um, some good things. So Lucas, who is your uh, rose going to this week?
2: Yeah. So I went, uh, I actually went with Matt Corral uh, quarterback for Ole Miss um had uh, seven touchdowns three through the air four on the ground over 300 yards passing um as Ole Miss rolled to a 40 point win over Tulane this was a game I actually bet the under in uh, at 76 <laughs> and a half And unfortunately what did I <laughs> it, it came close or they actually hit it by the third quarter and then neither team scored in the 4th Go figure <laughs> um but uh But no, uh, just complete domination. I thought of what could have been, you know, maybe a trap game for Ole Miss. um, Because if you look at their uh, schedule, their next game, they got Bama in two weeks. They have a bye next week and then they got Bama, uh, which I think is going to be a fun as hell game. I thought Ole Miss will be the second best team in the SEC West. Um, But, you know. Matt Corral going off. I think he, you could argue, maybe is the best quarterback in the SEC, uh, at least mm-hmm. uh, returning wise. Um, but giving it to them, and for on an opponent that almost beat Oklahoma at home, so Tulane is definitely not a pushover.
0: Good pick, Brian, Who gets your yeah, pick? Uh,
1: Matt? Just real quick on Matt Corral, he might be the Heisman front runner here. I don't know if mm-hmm. Ole Miss is going to have enough wins. Um, but Ole Miss has been very impressive. I mean, like Lucas said, Tulane's not a bad group of five team They gave Oklahoma a ton of fits, although maybe Oklahoma isn't as good as we think. Um, And, you know, they have a win over Louisville already. So I like that Ole Miss team, and that corral is a – Statistically, just going to be a beast this year. So, all right, I'm uh, I'm breaking the rules. I'm going to give basically two half roses, or like a three quarter rose, and then a quarter rose. So you're going to give someone the bulb and drink. somebody the stem.
0: Is that what you're saying? <laughs> so, yeah,
1: essentially. So my my first rose is going to go to BYU, and I, I I hesitated picking them because they beat our our, our beloved Sun Devils.
0: But think about that. You know, everyone talks about how
1: crappy the Pac-12. Hang on, hang on. Everyone talks about how crappy the Pac-12 is. How there's no dominant team in the South. The South is a mess. The South is a mess. We have our first place BYU Cougars right here. They're three and LA- zero <laughs> <back-to-back laughs> They have wins over Utah, Arizona State, and Arizona. I mean BYU is doing. They're in. They're in the driver's seat for the Pac-12 championship game, guys. I mean, come on. Um, seriously though, they they beat. I mean, the back to back weeks they've kind of beaten the darlings of, of the South. You know, with the win over Utah, their first win over Utah in nine years, and then beating Arizona State in a game that I'll be honest, um did not watch it. Uh you guys will be mad at me. I had to, to,
0: to, to I will grant so, you this, Ryan. Uh yeah. it was unwatchable. Like, yeah.
1: So it just from it was I just mean, not good football. Like it just I read the recaps. I read the ASU message board today uh and yesterday and ugly game. ASU has sixteen penalties, four turnovers. ASU probably shouldn't have won that game. But BYU, three you in the South, um on their way to a really nice season after after you know losing Zach Wilson, not having very high expectations, kind of looked shaky in week one against Arizona, considering what we know about Arizona. And I think Patrick will get there next. Um my other rows here, just gonna be quick. I'm gonna give it to Shane Beamer. Um South Carolina plays Georgia on the road. They get beat, I believe it was 40, 40 to, to 13 between the hedges. And um Shane Beamer had this outstanding quote. He was asked what makes Georgia so good on defense? He said, quote, they've got like 105 star football players on their defense. They have a defensive lineman that weighs 340 pounds and runs better than everybody on this call. They have got five-star defensive backs. They're big and physical. They play fast. Other than that, they're really freaking good. That's why they have the top defense in the country. They're hard to run the football on. I just love that. It, like in this era Get of control. code speak in this era of code speak and like, you know very mundane quotes and everything like i just love shane beamer being like yeah they're better than us they had they they recruit well jordan davis uh is a massive and an incredible football player for georgia so i thought that was pretty cool i gave him kind of an honorable mention rose shane beamer so patty you're up
0: okay so i'm gonna take you guys on a little journey here
1: oh nice should i should i put my seatbelt on or am i good with no seatbelt no, no you're good with no seatbelt <laughs> This is okay. This is
0: this is this is we're in the back of a truck driving down some dark highway in the desert somewhere. I'm gonna tell you a story. I'm gonna tell you a story about a team. <clears throat> a team that is from a sleepy little mountain town. Who has to drive oh. f- sleepy little mountain town. And this team drives for four hours south, six hours, depending on traffic, cutting through the valley, heading down to the old Pueblo. This team gets down 13-0 in the second quarter for a team, for a game that they had no business being in. And that team comes back to win. This team was outgunned, outmanned. In fact, their players are so unknown that when you go to their team page on ESPN, you just see blank blue jerseys with numbers. That team is the Northern Arizona University Lumberjacks. My rose this week goes to the only team in the state of Arizona that won a college football game this week. And that is the NAU lumberjacks. We're down 13, nothing to the Arizona state or the Arizona wildcats down in Tucson and then came back to win scored 21, well, essentially 21 unanswered points before Arizona state or Arizona, excuse me, scored to bring it within two, missed the two-point conversion. The Lumberjacks won. They were 0-2 and beat the Wildcats. I have a couple people who I know in the Arizona media down here in Tucson who said this might be worse than the 70-7 to drubbing Arizona State handed the Wildcats last year. I disagree entirely. It for sure is. So... Um.
1: I don't know. Would you rather lose to an FCS team or lose to your rattle by 63 points? That That's a really hard question. I'd probably I, rather see, lose to an FCS team. But see,
0: team. This, so this is the problem. So new head coach for the Wildcats comes in and says, hey, we're going to start doing things differently. We're going to start doing better. You know, you think, all right, he's going to get some buy-in here. You know, and, and just on buy-in alone, like if you have FBS talent and you're playing an FCS school at home and your players just give a little bit of a shit, you should be able to win. But I think the bigger issue here is when you watch the when you watch the Lumberjacks. I have never seen a team um I went back and had to find a way to watch this game cuz of course it was on, you know, the Pac12 network which, you know, nobody gets. But I went back and I saw highlights and I was like I've never seen a team just buy in so well going into a second half of just playing defense, staying disciplined than the Lumberjacks. So, I uh I'll give them credit. In fact, the Lumberjacks I have a team. As a team, this would be something crazy. You guys probably didn't know. The Lumberjacks are a team of so much influx they don't even put names on the backs of people's jerseys. Like that's the team Arizona lost to. It's
1: a real football guy move, baby. Name on the front's a hell of a lot more important than name on the
0: back. <laughs> right. So yeah, the the Lumberjacks. Um, they get my rose. Um, I hope you guys. Uh, I hope they uh, they listen to this and they know. Mass appreciation. Yeah, Chris brother. Ball
1: is uh, the head coach. Their former ASU. Um, I don't know if he was the defensive backs coach or defensive coordinator, but former ASU recruiting coordinator. Aaron Flugrad, former ASU receiver, he was there during our 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 time fellows. Oh, no. He's the offensive he's the offensive coordinator there. So uh it's a heck of a win for NAU and man, Jed Fish, that is uh That's it's yeah. I mean the game against BYU I think gave people some hope that maybe Arizona could be somewhat competent. The last two weeks, man, you get drubbed by San Diego State as a favorite, and then you just you know, losing to an FCS team is just never a good thing, man. Never a good thing. Out of the big sky. Scat- oh, by the yeah. way, you're 30-point you're dogs this week because you're at Oregon. Maybe U of <laughs> A was looking to head to Oregon. They didn't want to show too much. Yeah,
0: <laughs> They were being vanilla. They were being vanilla. Yeah, they
1: were being vanilla. They didn't want to show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God.
0: Isn't that what we thought Herm Edwards was doing the last couple of weeks? Like, oh, yeah, for BYU, he's going to ratchet up? Fucking nothing.
1: Yeah, so, so okay, so hang on. So, like, let's just talk about ASU for a second here because the writing was on the wall, and I, I don't want to dominate the conversation too much, but, like, 11 penalties in the first half against Southern Utah. They were up by thir- they were up 13-7 after the first quarter. Against UNLV, they trailed 3-0. They led 14-10 at halftime. The writing was on the wall that this was not this team was not ready for BYU. They were not ready for the whiteout. They were not ready for that environment. We kind of wrote it off, and people did make the excuse of, well, they're 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 being vanilla. They don't want to show anything. They were playing bad teams. And clearly they just did not turn the switch on. And this was the game where it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the season, where it's like, all right, this is ASU, seven and five, like, and just a i mean people were on the message boards it was it was bad i mean just cuz of how they looked right like there's two ways to lose a football game in college there's the the game like florida lost to alabama where you are just outman you played well you lost by a couple plays you looked good you just lost those are losses that your fan base can accept losses like arizona state where you commit 16 penalties you commit Four turnovers. You look sloppy. You look, he had three false starts on one fourth quarter possession, just inexcusable. And you know Herm Edwards has a lot of fixing to do. There still has a lot of aspirations in the Pac-12. I think as we'll get into the Pac-12 South, just had a abysmal day um, across the national scene. So we'll see. But you know they're two and one. They have two wins over two bad teams, and I don't know where they go from here. I I just don't know. Yeah, I,
0: I, I, the, the patine is gone on Herm Edwards. The shine is gone on Herm Edwards. He came in kind of this whole, all oh, this was an out of left field hire and he's going to make sure we do it the right way. It's going to be exciting. The players are going to be engaged and he's going to somehow build a pathway from Arizona State to the NFL. That was the bill of goods that we were sold, and much like good snake oil salesman, that didn't happen. We didn't get what we were asking for. the
1: The program is not in a better spot than it was when Herm members was hired. I in would fact, you make, could argue. I, with, I would make, you you could make argue that it's in a so. worse spot because of the sanctions.
0: Yep, I, it's in a, it's in a worse spot, and honestly, at least under Todd Graham, like you had a guy who like. I, I like Todd Graham. I think he was kind of the right coach at the right time, you know, after the Dennis Erickson era kind of ended and he was kind of exciting. We were kind of like, okay, this is, this is, this is going to be, this is going to be good. But I don't, um, I just don't buy into, you know, I just, I just don't buy into it. So I, uh, With Herm. I I like Herm. I like that he brought a lot of guys on the staff. He pissed a lot of guys off in the last year that were kind of helping the program kind of move forward. And I think it's just time, you know, I I will see how the year plays out. I don't think Arizona state needs to pull a USC and pull the rug out from underneath him. But I, I don't, I don't just don't see a scenario at the end of the year where um, the president of ASU, where, the athletic director, anybody can sit down and say, yeah, we're really excited to bring Herm back for another year and kind of look at kind of moving on.
2: Hey, I mean, on the bright side, like Ryan, you kind of mentioned, like it was – look, they lost BYU on the road. It's You still have everything you can fight for in the Pac-12, and you only have one team that's ranked in the top 25 left on your schedule. So everything's still there. It didn't look great, but – on the positive, every yeah. everything is still there.
0: Burn the house down.
1: Do you want to talk about the Pac twelve Patty or do you want yeah, to kind of move
0: on? Yeah, we might as well we might as well just talk about the Pac twelve and the banner week that it fucking had. Um Or so the Pac twelve South. The Pac twelve South had a uh
2: was,
1: Yeah, uh, I mean Sanford beat Vanderbilt, so they're back. Washington <laughs> Washington, Washington beat F- Arkansas,
2: Arkansas State. They beat Arkansas yeah. State.
1: Arkansas State put up 52 points. That's the most they'll score in the next four weeks combined, probably.
0: <laughs> uh-huh.
2: What? So, so we obviously talked about ASU, but UCLA was a shocker. I didn't even watch that game because it was on Pac-12 Network. Nothing here in Tennessee. Do you even, do you even get the Pac-12
0: Network in Tennessee?
2: No, nowhere here gets it. Um, and it was on like that's crazy.
1: I- so, like, not even your local like. I don't know, like, do you guys have Cox or, like, CenturyLink or Comcast?
2: No. Um, I think it, we have you? Comcast down here. I have YouTube TV, so I, I never looked up cable companies just because I knew I didn't want to get cable because I have YouTube TV, but um, but just no, smart it's, man. it's hard. But it's also here, like, there's this, just This not is a Ryan big... telling
0: me I need to get YouTube TV. But
1: I, I even... keep telling Patrick, I was like, he, he's, he's got to get it. Anyway, sorry. But
2: anyways, yeah, you can't really find I didn't even see the score until the next morning when I woke up (laughs) and I was like holy shit UCLA and I watched the highlights actually just today and I mean they just Fresno State threw all over them like it they could not I think uh Fresno State's quarterback had like 500 or yeah so Jake Jake is it Hayner
1: I think it's Hayner threw for 455 and two touchdowns
2: yeah um yeah it was it was crazy, they're, and then UCLA, they're, they're, even they're with rusher, the mistakes they made.
0: The rusher had 136 yards on the ground. Just between those yeah. two players, that's almost 600 yards of offense.
2: And, and look, Fresno State's good. I mean, just two weeks ago, they were beating Oregon in the yeah. fourth quarter in Eugene uh, before Oregon came back to win that. So I don't know if it's a tough loss. It's just uh, UCLA and Oregon were like the flag bearers. They were like the only two teams left in the past. You just 12. can't like – And you can't lose that game
1: you just can't lose to Mount West teams. You just can't, you can't lose. I mean, Utah also loses to San Diego state. And like, at this point, you're just like San Diego state's probably better than half the teams in the PAC 12 South Fresno state might be better than half the teams in the PAC 12 South. And that's a sad state of affairs, right? I mean, so Utah, Arizona state, UCLA lose Colorado gets whooped by Minnesota 30 to zero. Uh, Colorado, had had, like, I think less than 200, 200, yards of, of offense. And, and it's funny, Colorado, I, I saw this out on Twitter. So Washington set the PAC 12 record for most consecutive drives with no scores.
0: Okay. At 19. You, you, you heard Colorado, Colorado,
1: Colorado so, broke that. They, Colorado, they broke that.
0: Colorado had two quarterbacks playing that game. Okay. So you, uh, okay. ESPN does their, their QBR. Okay. Which is usually zero to a hundred. Okay. Would you like to know what the QBR of those two quarterbacks were?
1: I'm going to guess combined about 198. Almost perfect, so, right?
0: So, Brandon Lewis's <laughs> QBR was 3.1. Drew Carter's was 10.1.
1: Yeah. I
2: mean, they had... And, you mentioned other yards yards. So, On rushing. ESPN, they had 63 rushing, yards of offense.
0: Oh, my rushing, God. I thought it was... Oh, my God. Rushing, rushing yards. Negative one yard. I'm rounding up, but it's essentially negative one yard. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And, like, Minnesota... like oh, Excuse Minnesota's me, I take that fine. back. I take that
0: back. It's negative 19 yards. That's where you get the like 63 Minas- from 82 yards pass. Minnesota
1: is fine. But, like, not like you, like... If, if they got beat 30-0 to zero by Texas A&M, like, that's all right. That's excusable. If if you get 67 yards on A&M, okay. But Minnesota is, like, a middle-tier, like, Big Ten West team. You know? Um, So, it just doesn't look good. U of A loses to an FCS team. U- USC, ironically, the team that fired its coach... Like, gets down 14 nothing and then just blitzes Washington State. And, and just and comes back and. And now they have a bit of a quarterback controversy because a lot of people think Jackson Dart should play over Keaton Slovis, which will be interesting to see well, how an interim he, coach handles that.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Jackson Dart threw the ball all over the field. Um, he did throw a couple picks, but he was.
2: It, it it's I also don't think Washington State's very good.
0: No, they're not. So They're not uh, very good, but, like, that's not the point. We want controversy, damn it! College football. Gun to sport. your head.
1: Gun to your head. Who wins the South right now? Right now on on September twenty twentieth. Who wins the South?
2: I'm going to stick with UCLA. I think it was a speed bump, but generally, I would say I I just like the way their team's built. They do have to go and play Oregon, which is going to be scary. They still have games, obviously, against ASU, but I think. I think they learned from us. I'm high. I've been high in UCLA coming into the year. I was high in Utah, but uh, that loss last week was ugly. They had to come back. They were down by 14 in the fourth quarter. I had to come back and almost squeaked it out in overtime. But uh, I'm going to still <laughs> stick with uh, UCLA.
0: Ryan, gun to your head. Same question.
1: I probably would. I probably say pull the trigger.
0: <laughs> Fucking
1: them out. I'd <laughs>
0: Honestly, I, honestly, so, so, probably, honestly, I, I
1: would probably hesitate for so long that they would shoot me in the head and I would I would not survive. Um I don't I, even I would probably say you you know why because I don't think it's gonna be ASU and I know that ASU is still undefeated in conference, just like UCLA, but I just I don't trust it, man. So they're so sloppy, this, so they're this, undisciplined, and I don't think they have the weapons on the outside to compete. So I would probably still say UCLA. Wouldn't surprise me if Utah gets their their, their shit together. And rebounds to finish nine and three. I mean, do we count out USC? So that's what like I was going to say. So I, I
0: thought about this. I thought about this when I was wandering in the woods yesterday, which was really just me sitting on my couch watching the Denver Broncos. Yeah, but really Teddy's back anyway. So I was sitting here thinking about this, and I was like, "Can we, as college football consumers, enthusiasts, degenerates, is one of us who is wearing the Wisconsin Badger shirt proves time and time again?" Are we discounting the fact that USC is just more supremely talented than every other team? That, like, on paper, it doesn't matter. USC is more talented. And what ends up happening is UCLA still has, as you said, Lucas, they got thrown all over. UCLA, there's a very real chance that a game against, you know, I don't know, Oregon, Utah, even Arizona State, something happens, a couple guys get behind their their defensive backs, they score points. Where USC, at the end of the day, you look at their roster and they go, maybe if just like, maybe the '88 USC was right. They just needed a better leader. So maybe USC turns it around. I just, I can't keep sitting here being like, yeah, the Trojans are done. When in fact, time and time again, every time I think the Trojans are done, they always kind of like, nah, just kidding. We're actually still here. So I don't
1: know. Um, ASU goes at UCLA, not not this upcoming week, but next week, the first Saturday in October. I don't. I mean, they're I just don't know rowdy. if ASU is gonna. I just don't know if they're gonna have their stuff together by then. I mean, I, I don't know. It's Colorado this week. You should win that game, and then it's at UCLA, and that's a big one. Listen, ASU doesn't play Oregon this this year, so like, there's a there's a the the stars will align. We'll just see if Herm Edwards and company can fix it. I would still probably take UCLA as well.
2: I just uh I just can't believe the ASU Colorado game. It's at nine thirty local time here and you guys got the the ESPNU spot, the late night ESPNU Brutal, spot. Man. There's
1: Shucks. gonna be some tomfoolery in that game, man. There's gonna be some all sorts <laughs> some, of something's gonna know. happen. I don't know what. <laughs> something's gonna happen. Flea flickers, beat you know, defaults, everything.
0: The fun. Statue of Liberty. Also like-
1: I, I believe uh I believe UCLA ASU, which theoretically could be for the Pac twelve South, is a 10:30 Eastern game on I think ESPN two, great so fun, great. ASU has not played before 10:30 Eastern or before 10 Eastern this whole this 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 whole season. So
2: yeah, fun. I don't I don't know. There's a there's a bunch of uh, Wisconsin fans pissed because we just got announced that our next big game against Michigan in two weeks is going to be in another 11 o'clock kickoff. Yeah, so Fox. let's so
0: let's so let's dive and, in.
2: Uh, oh go ahead. Let's let's
0: do that. So let's talk about the big 10. So let's kind of transition pack 12. They play late. They suck fine. Hunky door. The big 10. So Wisconsin was off, but Lucas talk, talk to me about scheduling a little bit. Cause you you, you had just alluded to it. What's going on. Like you had mentioned, you love the big noon kickoff, except for when it's Wisconsin.
2: Yes. Well, cause I love it because there's always a big game every week. So Pretty much. And I think we've alluded to this in the podcast in the past, but Fox basically has decided that their 11 o'clock time or their noon Eastern time is going to be their major window. They're going to put the best game that they can in that window, largely because CBS has 230 and ESPN and ABC usually have the night game pretty much booked. So and the thing is, the last three years they've done it, it's worked tremendously. Their ratings have been phenomenal in that time window, it's their best performing time. Even this
1: year, I believe Ohio State-Oregon has been the highest rated game of the season.
2: Season. Exactly. So, they're going to keep doing it. So, I get it from their point why they do it. Um, I get annoyed when fans complain about it because it's like, we're just being a dead horse. You know exactly why this game is hot. 11 o'clock on Fox. Fox gets first-tier rights to all the Big Ten games, so they get to choose over ESPN which games that they want each week. And yeah, it it does kind of suck. Like, if you're going to the game, or if you're a fan of that team, it sucks that the major primetime game is super early in the morning, especially because night games are awesome, especially when you're attending those games, the tailgating, everything like that. It sucks when you have to wake up at 8, 8.30 in the morning just so that you can tailgate a couple hours before a game. So it it stinks, but at the same time, if I'm sitting at home, I'm excited because I don't want to wait all day for the game to happen. I just want to get it done started. And then when, if you win, you get to watch all the rest of the games, the rest of the day in a great mood. So,
1: yeah. And you know, as a fan, it's great because the noon games used to be pretty crappy for the most part. Mm-hmm. You, you would get the crappy big 10 games, crappy big 12 games, maybe a decent ACC game here and there, but all the big sec games were in the afternoon and all the big, you know, big 10 and, and you know, the big game started in the three thirty Eastern window. And I I like that we have a big game every single slot, basically. Mm -hmm. I do think maybe you try to limit the number of appearances a team could have, right? Like Wisconsin, this is the third time in four weeks Wisconsin's going to – I guess third time in five weeks Wisconsin would have that that big new kickoff game. It was Penn State, this week against Notre Dame, and then Michigan. Like maybe you limit it so like, hey, you can only have it once in a four-week period. Hey, you can only have it three times all season. I mean – it feels like there are some stipulations that these conferences can work into it that make it. So it's a little bit better for the, for the consumer. Cause it, it is tough. I mean, look at the Penn state whiteout game, how cool that was under the lights. Look at the week before where Michigan played Washington and they had like all the the maze and all the pom poms. It, it's, it's cool spectacles. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's hard for us to transition into making the noon games a big deal. Cause they are like, Wisconsin Notre Dame is the game of the week, right? I mean, unless I'm missing something. Mm -hmm. I mean, A and M Arkansas is up there, but like, it's not a great week of college football. But Wisconsin Notre Dame is a is a big game for both teams. So, would I love it at at six thirty Central on ABC? Yeah, you know, but it's tough. You know, the money runs the sport now.
2: Yeah, I think I think the only time you would get pushback from maybe the conference is if it starts impacting recruiting because yeah. night games are huge. That's usually when you're trying to get as many recruits on campus. Um, whereas day games, it can be hard, especially if you're flying guys just for the weekend and they can't come till maybe Saturday morning because they, they play on Friday night. Yeah. Um, so that can, that can drastically impact recruiting. But, uh, but also you get huge exposure because I don't think Wisconsin or Notre Dame is going to be mad that they're going to be the main primetime game in that time slot that everybody's going to be watching so
1: um my uh my quick takeaways from the big 10 i mentioned this to patrick yesterday the illinois nebraska result in week zero might be the flukiest result of the season Mm -hmm. correct based on how those two teams have have gone nebraska credit to scott frost I, i almost gave him my rose because the way he's kept that program together, they are playing good football. They beat Buffalo, who's pretty good. Buffalo gave yeah. Coastal Carolina all they could handle last week. Um, they are two and two and two, two and two. Yeah. Um, but like, it's respectable. And to go into Norman and play that well, I thought I was very impressed with Nebraska. And really, you know, they had the extra point that got blocked, returned for two points they had a couple missed field goals like they were some special teams plays away from being very like a lot closer my other takeaways i mean michigan's playing good football and and michigan i don't want to use the term back but they beat northern illinois 63 to 10 northern illinois by the way beat georgia tech who just lost to clemson by six points they ran for 373 yards average 7.8 yards a carry um they lost ronnie bell right? That's the name of the Michigan guy. Or am I thinking of the Purdue guy? Yeah,
2: That's Ronnie, Ronnie Bell,
1: David Bell yeah. is Purdue. David Bell's for Purdue. Uh, they lose Ronnie Bell. So like, we'll see, I'm not going to pretend that Northern Illinois is, is, you know, Wisconsin or Iowa here, but <laughs> it, was a good win for, it was a good win for, uh, uh, good win for Michigan, Michigan state's really good. I love Kenneth Walker. I love how they use him. They're physical. Mel Tucker's turned that program around decently quickly and they stomp Miami. Um, and, yeah, those were kind of my early uh, indications of the Big Ten. Didn't get any eyes on Penn State versus Auburn, um, but I'm sure that was a, a fun one as well. So,
2: Yeah, that was a fun one. Sean Clifford, I was actually very, very impressed with the way he played. Um, and Penn State looks legit, um, I just think, at all levels. Defensively, they have guys like Parker Washington, Jahan Dotson outside to challenge defenses. If Sean Clifford can make and hit throws, they could challenge Ohio. I still think Ohio State's a favorite. I think they're working through some stuff right now. but
1: uh, We're going to do a lot of expensive. stuff right now. Yeah, that was not, that was <laughs> so, not pretty. Uh, I when Tulsa's know. driving to tie it up in the fourth quarter, that's not pretty.
2: No. Um, but we mentioned Michigan. Hey, big game this week. We got undefeated Rutgers and undefeated Michigan. I'll uh, talk about that game in a little bit or probably towards the end of the podcast. But, no, generally, Iowa continues to roll. Uh, crushed uh, Kent State thirty to seven. Um IU just kind of shot themselves in the foot all game against Cincinnati. Yeah, that was a Michael very, Pennick. very winnable game. Michael Penix, Pennick, three picks. They had a fumble, I believe, at like the one yard line. Um yeah, it was just it was just frustrating because we've seen this uh from Indiana before where they come close in these big time games. Last year they were able to kind of hmm. jump get over the hump, but it was it was ugly. So I was Spartans.
0: watching. I was watching that game when, when kind of in betweens here, and I was like, I was like, and I asked Ryan this question. I was like, at some point does Indiana just be like, all right, Penix isn't doing it for us because that dude makes throws that I'm just like, what? What are you looking at? Am I missing something?
2: Yeah, and like, they have. I mean, Jack Tunnel started the re- like half the year for them last year after Penix yeah. got hurt and played respectable, like,
0: but all of a sudden Indiana, who was ranked to start the season, is now looking at a one and two record going. I don't know what happened. Like, yeah. So I I don't know. I, I watch those games, and there sometimes that they know. Penix was the, the the highlight for me. Um, you know, I would be you know rolling out, rolling out, and he threw back across his body, and I was like, any middle linebacker or safety with half a mind goes, "Oh, this is mine!" and collects it, and that's exactly what happened. There were just a couple of times in that in that in that game where it's like Penix is Penix. I don't know if Penix is lost. I don't know if he's just not comfortable. It just wasn't a a a, um, a thing there. Um, speaking of uncomfortable quarterbacks as well, Ryan. One more thing to touch on in a Big Ten game, which can kind of lead us and lead us into some ACC conversation here, is you had made some pretty I don't want to say startling, but pretty stout observations about Derek King
1: yeah, um,
0: what's going on with him? what do you what do you see? What's, yeah, what's
1: going on? one, I think just Miami was very overrated to start the season. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. I think miami, they lose to Alabama week one. They barely squeaked by Appalachian State week two. I just don't think that that program was as good as we thought they were gonna be. But Deek King just doesn't look all the way back. um and and to be honest, the what they put him through, I, mean, I think he I think he threw sixty passes fifty nine attempts against Michigan State. They were very physical with him they they roughed him up. the offensive line isn't great. Miami's in trouble, man. That's a program that just is is stagnant. They lose by twenty one points to Michigan state they're they're one and two on the season. It is um it's not great and the ACC in general, I don't know if you want to spin this to the ACC guys, but mm-hmm. another rough another rough weekend I mean. Pitt loses to Western Michigan. Florida State gets trounced by Wake Forest. Um, Louisville does get a win over UCF. Clemson, just a weird game with a couple lightning delays. They squeak by Georgia Tech. Like,
0: by the York way, I'd Forest. like to point out. Okay, I'd like to point out though before we get into my picks, I almost took Georgia with the Georgia Tech with the points, and you all scoffed at me. So, yeah. Hey, so, I, have the
1: guts to stick with it and 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 make the pick, Patrick.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. But though, though, knowing uh, my, doing my luck, I would have taken it, and then God would have been like, nah, just kidding. Here's Clemson hanging 60. And I would have been like, all right, well. <laughs> hey, there's no lightning delay. <laughs> <The> <laughs> right, lightning's exactly. lightning's gone. No lightning today." Um, Alunga Leila throws, you know, five touchdown passes. You know, that's what would have happened. Yeah. That's what would have happened. But I'm no, not, not, not a banner well, week for the I'm- ACC.
2: No, but but they did have they did have an awesome game. Uh, North Carolina, Virginia, a uh, ton of offense in that game. UNC, uh, UNC basically looked very much like they did last year in 2020. They had close to 700 yards of total offense. Sorry, I Lucas, it's okay. Go go
1: go talk to the She's puppy. Right She's right here. Go talk um,
2: to the puppy. But uh, no sit. Sam Howell, uh, uh
1: you're over. By A's the way, offense. was
2: offense? Brennan Armstrong had 550 <laughs> for UVA. Um, yeah, it was.
1: Uh, you're over. Never a doubt, man. North Carolina will yeah, hit, hit that back on that. So
0: the one game though, so. I did go back and I did, well, I did kind of. Shy. Now the 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 game I did kind of enjoy, the Virginia Tech, West Virginia beaten Virginia Tech. Had had to be one of my favorite games because, for some reason, the number 15 team on the country was a road dog to an unranked team.
1: Well, and, and they were rightfully – I mean, the line was rightfully set because yeah, West Virginia, was, I think, won by what, three? Uh, West no, Virginia six. won by
2: six. No, they won by six. So they did cover.
0: Yeah,
1: they definitely yeah, covered. but again, like, another tough week for the Coastal, right? I mean, like, Lucas, I think, asked the question, who are you picking in the Coastal? I think it's North Carolina. It's certainly not Miami. Um, it's Virginia Boston Tech College. Tech has the tiebreaker. It's, well, Boston not, College plays in the Atlantic. It's, but not, that's not,
2: it's not Pitt. They lost to Western Michigan this week. So. <laughs> Pitt, again, the biggest <laughs> letdown, man.
1: I saw some people uh, taking Western Michigan with the points at like 15. I was like, they were like, this is a classic letdown so, game for Pitt. And so I was like, nah, I will no way. Say,
0: the the game that I think also surprised me in this ACC was Duke Northwestern. The under on that game, I think, was only like 48. And they ended up putting up 53 points combined. Duke hung twenty-one yeah, at first. Was,
2: yeah, they were up thirty nothing at yeah. that point. I just don't think
1: Northwestern is. This could fair. be this is this it's, is, it's, is it's, this is the bad Pat, Northwestern year. Pat Fitzgerald yeah. left yeah. Northwestern
0: yeah. when he had a chance. Pat
1: Pat Fitzgerald loves it at Northwestern. I I don't think he's ever going to leave except if the yeah. Bears open up. I, yeah. I I I just don't. He loves it there.
2: I'm interested to see what the line is with them against Ohio uh, this coming week. The uh, it's Ohio
1: fifteen, I think it's fifteen. Yeah, it's 15-and-a-half. Ohio's plus 15-and-a-half right now on Fanduel. Uh-oh. Maybe Lucas, we'll talk, is gonna maybe, to, maybe, Lucas is actually going to race. Lucas is going to hop off the pod and, and uh, go bet right now. Yeah.
0: Maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do this, and then we'll talk about this in Patty's Picks this week. So, moving out of the ACC, um, I think the game I – So, we can talk about the Big 12. We can talk about Oklahoma looking like – not great, but you know me in the Big 12. But I think I want to talk about the a- or the SEC here. Um, kind of the marquee game this week um, was the first time Bam has been to the Swamp in what, almost 10 years?
2: Uh, it was 11 years. 11 years. So year the,
0: the Florida Gators put together a decent game. It didn't look like that early on, but then all of a sudden, a couple of things happened here, a couple of things happened here, a bugaboo, a thing. And all of a sudden, you know, Alabama's kind of sweating a little bit, and they only win by you know two points. Kind of sneak out of Gainesville with a win. Um, Georgia, you know, beat South Carolina down pretty good. Texas A&M did what they were supposed to. We talked about Old Miss earlier. Arkansas hung forty-five. You know, talk to me about the SEC this week. You know, Tennessee beat Tennessee. Lucas, Tech you want to talk?
1: Uh, do you want to? You can go ahead yeah. and go first. You can. Yeah, take it where yeah. you want to go.
0: Yeah, so with
2: Bama and Florida, I, I don't think it was necessarily uh, – like what I got out from that game was I think Florida is a lot better than what most of us thought. Um, I thought this was going to be a down year for Florida. I still think Georgia's the best team on that side of the conference, but, I mean, Georgia gave Alabama what maybe what their closest game since last year's SEC championship game. They were running some old option stuff with Emory Jones. Uh, but I mean, Florida looked legit. And I think if you're Bama, you're just happy. Hey, Florida gave you your best shot. You played in one of the toughest places to play and you still got to win. Um, even after blowing an 18 point lead early on. So I think the game says a lot more about Florida than it does about Bama. Yeah. And I'm interested to see how Florida uh, plays really the rest of the way. Because really they... They get LSU, I guess, in a few weeks. They have to go to Baton Rouge. And then after that, they get Georgia. And all the rest of their games are easily winnable uh, there in the East. So interesting where Florida kind of goes from there. We kind of hit on Ole Miss. Them just, you know, just kind of routing. Yes, it was Tulane, but remember, Tulane almost beat uh, Oklahoma a few weeks ago. Auburn, I thought, looked fine um, on really their first big test under Brian Harson, but still fell short. Um, Really? I mean, obviously that there was the rest of the games weren't too much. I mean, Ryan, was there anything else you saw kind of there in the in the SEC this week?
1: I think the thing about like, I, I think, again, Lucas, I was very impressed with Florida. They were down 21-3 in that game. Alabama looked like they were going to do whatever they wanted. And Florida came back and, and really made it a game. I was impressed with Emory Jones. Um, the fans in Gainesville would really want to see the Richardson freshman, But I thought Emory Jones played solid. Um, you know, and again, it comes down to the like the little things. Like Florida misses an extra point earlier in the game and they have to go for two and they don't get it and then they don't get the stop. And Bama, I'm not ready to say they're vulnerable, but you might be able to score on Bama. Like, mm-hmm. you, you, they're not as physical up front as they have been typically. So that's going to be something to watch. Um, I don't know. I think the SEC West is kind of in a clerfuffle. Like, I don't know. <laughs> LSU and Auburn are kind of down. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's, uh... um, is Arkansas Miss-
2: the second best team in the SEC West? We may find that out this week. So.
1: We very well might, as we'll kind of look ahead here at some point soon. But Ole Miss, man, Ole Miss Bam was going to be fun. That's already yeah. marked as the SEC game of the week. But like, Ole Miss can score on anyone. Bam was going to have to score like that game. Whatever the over under is, like, if it's anything below 75 or 77, like that might be just a principle well, well, over
2: last year. The, I mean, the final score was 63 to 48 down in, uh, in Oxford last year when they played them. And I think Ole Miss is better than what they were last year. So yeah. yeah every, every it, time, it's, every it's time,
0: long time long Saban and Kiffin want to dance. That's always, it's always a good time.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Anytime Lane Kiffin's involved, is probably a good time.
0: <laughs> That's true. I, I I am almost thoroughly convinced that, like, I, I love Sark, but Lane Kiffin's one of my favorite people, too. The fact that, like, Lane Kiffin is my favorite person because every, every like, three years, he's, like, doing something else, and you're like, man, he's going to be really good at that. And then he gets fired or he leaves. And then he ends right. up at Alabama, and it's always great. Lane Kiffin, you're wonderful. Everything you do is magical. All right, so the SEC – Kind of, we know kind of what the what the flag bearers there are. Moving to it, let's talk about the last con for the last of the Power Fives, and then we'll get some Group of Five takes here before we start talking about looking forward this week. Um, let's talk about the let's talk about the Big Twelve. Oklahoma turns out they are as human as we think they are. Okay, this is another week of Oklahoma kind of scooting by a team that they should have effectively run ruled. Um, you know, again, we talked about that West Virginia, Virginia Tech game. Iowa State, you know, kicked the teeth of UNLV in. Um Texas took care of business. So what do you guys what do you guys think about the Big 12 this week? Ryan, let's start with you.
1: Yeah, I, I just think Oklahoma, like the calls for Caleb Williams are gonna be pretty renowned or gonna be pretty profound here pretty soon. I mean, I don't know. Spencer Rattler, you're talking about a guy that was potentially the number one pick in the draft. But a lot of these college guys, they just don't get it. Like these college football writers, Rattler has not been great. And they blew out Western Carolina. But besides that, they've been in two close games with Tulane and Nebraska. I don't know if anyone in the Big 12, maybe San's Iowa State, can really give them a, 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 a threat. But Oklahoma, I don't think, is going to go undefeated. Someone's going to get them. So that's kind of my takeaway. Baylor throttles Kansas, so we're not going to get the Kansas second win at this point. Um, <laughs> um, So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my thing. Texas took care of business. I really didn't – I didn't pay too much attention to the Big 12, honestly. I know Patrick's going to hate that. Oh, nice. Oklahoma State got a nice win at Boise. That Boise. was a game that they were uh, – not I'll, a lot of people thought. So
2: Well, in the how infuriating if you had the over in this game. All those points, twenty one twenty 20 were all scored in the first half. Yeah, a nice win for OK State, um, especially. I don't know. We really knew how well they were going to do. It kind of felt like the shine on Mike Gundy was going off there. Uh, Kansas State, I also thought, had a nice win against Nevada. Uh, Nevada was a team I had put as one of my kind of top three interesting group of five teams. When we did our group of five preview. Um, you know, Carson Strong might be one of the, might be a top pick. Um, in this year's NFL draft at quarterback, um, and it was a close game till about late way in the second half when uh, Kansas State pulled away. Um, but we'll get Oklahoma's gonna have another challenge. They have to play West Virginia this week. Um, it is in Norman, but like you guys said, like I, I don't think Oklahoma right now is third best team in the country. They've they've won really sloppy against the two you know competent opponents that they've actually played.
0: Absolutely, see. absolutely. So I'll ask you this question then. Talk, bringing about someone we talked about earlier, and bringing something now. Let's take BYU, the team that has basically run roughshod over the Pac-12 South for the last three weeks.
1: Pac-12 South front runner <laughs>
0: yeah. And let's plug them into the Big 12. Does that change the comp? Does that change the complexion a little bit of the Big 12? When you start comparing it to the Pac-12, no. that. BYU has been running roughshod, or does BYU to the Big Twelve just kind of? No, I mean,
1: I I mean, I think BYU would be like an Iowa State, Oklahoma State kind of a team. I I think they they would be eight and four, nine and three every year, kind of like how Utah and TCU have been. I don't think that's that far off. So,
0: all right, so well that wraps up power group, uh, power five conferences, uh, and we'll talk some group of five maybe next week. So let's go. Let's look forward to week four. Okay, week four in college football. Um, give me one game both of you are excited to watch, Lucas. You cannot pick Wisconsin. Um,
1: I will take Arkansas and Texas A and M then. Although I do think Lucas should be allowed to talk about Wisconsin, but <laughs> no, I'm
0: gonna let him talk about it. But like,
1: I think Arkansas and A and M. Like, it doesn't look like Haynes King's back, so we'll see Zach Calzada again. Who listen? A and M looked better against New Mexico. They won thirty four nothing. Arkansas, like. Is not going to be able to out physical AM like they out physical Texas and out physical Rice and out physical Georgia Southern. So I'm interested to see if if Arkansas can get enough points. I already bet the under in that game um, because I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored. Uh, so, but and listen, if you're AM, like the pressure continues to mount on Jimbo. They did not look good against Colorado, their only power five non conference opponent. We'll see how they look. They're favored by five and a half. I think it's an interesting line. I'm interested to see how AM looks and if Arkansas – listen, Arkansas wins that game. All bets are off, man. We're going to the moon. You know, <laughs> we're going to the moon. They're going to give Sam Pittman a lifetime contract. So,
0: All right. And, Lucas, what's a game not Wisconsin-Notre Dame that you're looking forward to?
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to two games. I think one, NC State hosting Clemson. Clemson really has not looked well. They've only scored 17 points against FCS opponents this year in two games. Um, and NC state, I mean, yeah, they did lose earlier in the year, uh, to Mississippi state and kind of a fluky game that they kind of just made some dumb plays to kind of knock them out. But I think Clemson's up for the taking and if Clemson loses that game, there's no way they're going to get in as a two loss team into the playoff. So, um, and then also, I think an interesting game, we, we talked about both these teams, nebraska goes on the road at michigan state it's a night night game in east lansing i was interested to see what those two play we mentioned michigan state maybe one of the most improved teams in the country but i also think nebraska if they had won if they had won that illinois game we're at three and one in a close loss to oklahoma i mean shit they might have been ranked in the top 25 this week um so i'm interested to see where those two teams go um but uh, yeah, I think those just the storylines in both those games I think are going to be really good, um, leading up and obviously the the best game of the week, which is going to be you know uh, UMass taking on who are they taking on here? I saw uh, I just missed it. Uh, uh, UMass, Coastal Carolina, yeah, UMass on, on the road Plus.
0: in Conway. I'm uh,
2: just kidding. But, uh, but no, Wisconsin-Notre Dame should be a ton of fun, too. Yeah. Excited to watch it with both of you as well.
0: Perfect. Well, talk, talk to us about Notre Dame-Wisconsin. What should the fans be looking for? Jack Cohn takes on the school that moved on from him for Graham Mertz. This is going. This is happening in Soldier Field, home of the Chicago Bears. You know, like Notre Dame-Wisconsin, What what should be looking for in that game? And what is your prediction? Does Wisconsin pull actually pull this one out? Does Notre Dame kind of sneakily say, you know what, we're going to be able to throw the ball all over the place? Give us, give us some uh, no. preview of this game.
2: I, I think, you know, Purdue, I thought, did some interesting stuff. Uh, once again, um, I think I saw Notre Dame's offensive line has given up like something like 14 sacks. Um, in their three games this year. And the defenses they've played haven't been higher ranked than like 73rd in the country. Um, Wisconsin has one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best defenses in the nation. Um, It's going to be hard for them to run on Wisconsin with Kyron Williams. We held, I think, Penn State only to 48 yards rushing. We held Eastern Michigan to single digits. So I think it's going to be low scoring um, because I don't really see us really trying to move the ball too easily against their defense um but i think it'll be a low score. i think 21 14 something like that 21 17 but i actually like wisconsin um i think wisconsin beat themselves against penn state um and i think if they clean up they play they don't turn the ball over i think they're going to be able to win this game because i think at the end they're going to be able to run the football against notre dame and i think it'll be a low score
1: i uh I agree with Lucas on mostly everything he said. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I I bet the under 46.5 already. Um, To me, this is like a 21-16, 24-20, you know, something like that. Um, I I talked about some of the data points on ASU the first couple weeks and that carrying over to their game against BYU. The data on Notre Dame is not good. Florida State took them to overtime and then has Mm -hmm. since lost by 21 to Wake Forest and lost to an FCS team. Toledo, they lost by three points. Or they, sorry, they won by three points. I watched that game against Notre Dame, or against Purdue. And Purdue, dom- not dominated, but the plays I watched, Purdue held their own on the line of scrimmage. Now, they got a really good defensive end named George Karlofkis, who might be a first-round pick. Like, they've, they've got talent on that team. Um, Purdue also had David Bell, their best offensive player, leave the game, and I believe, in the fourth quarter or in the third quarter with an injury. Uh, their quarterback, Jack Plummer, went out as well. or is I think it's Will Plummer for Purdue and Jack Plummer for U of A. One of the two. Other way around. Is it the other way around? Okay. It's the
0: other way around.
1: You know, like, I just thought Purdue fared a lot better. I don't think Notre Dame is, is a top 12, top 10 team. And, by the way, Penn State, the team that beat Wisconsin, is, is really good. Penn State has wins over Wisconsin, Ball State, and Auburn. So, the more I look at this game, I think Wisconsin by a touchdown is probably a, a likely outcome between maybe four to seven points, would be would be my guess.
2: Mm-hmm. So, and it's a neutral site. So it'll be a 50-50 game. They're not playing a true road game. So, yeah, but excited to finally watch it on Saturday.
0: Very well. Wisconsin-Notre Dame should be a good game. All right, mm-hmm. now Ryan, why don't you give us an update on what happened in the picks last week and give us updated standings for this week, going into our pick segment? Guys, we did a
1: we did a hell of a job here. Uh, as a group, he went eight and one. Lucas three and a week. He took the over sixty four and a half in UNC UVA. Never a doubt. UNC almost hit it by themselves. Uh, San Diego State plus seven and a half. Never a doubt. They won straight up against Utah and Stanford mm-hmm. minus eleven. A three and a week for Lucas. Also a three and a week for myself. Penn State minus six. They beat Auburn 28-20. Michigan State plus six and a half. They beat Miami outright and Stanford minus 11 as well. They beat Vanderbilt by, I believe, 18. I think 41-23 was the final. Patty did give us our lone defeat here. Uh, He went two and one, so a good week for him. He took Texas minus 25 and a half. San Diego State plus seven and a half. And then Oklahoma, the only loss. Uh, And I still think he was on the right call. Just Oklahoma, not, not ideal. So we went eight and one as a group uh, as a group overall we're 24 and 12. I am in first place at nine and three Lucas is eight and four and Patrick is seven and
0: five okay so starting this week we're gonna go over our three picks and remember it's a pick which can be an over under it's a lock again can also be an over under or a line and then we also have our upset so let's start with our let's start with our picks this week just your run-of-the-mill picks Lucas let's start with you
2: yeah uh, so I'm gonna go actually with um, a big Ten game undefeated Giants in Michigan and Rutgers playing this Saturday uh, Michigan's an 18 and a half point favorite I am actually going to take them uh, they've just clobbered everybody that they've played in this room their teams remind me of Harbaugh's first couple teams where if they played anyone that was basically lesser talented than them, they just demolished them right at the line of scrimmage. And that's all they're doing. They're averaging over 300 rushing yards a game. Uh, you know, Rutgers, they, they're they really turnover prone, as in they create a lot of turnovers. But I just don't think if you're going to be running the ball that much, you're going to be able to create too much. And it's in the big house. Uh, I think Michigan's trying to send a message that they are here to stay and that they are legit. So I'm going to take Michigan minus 18 and a half.
0: Ryan, what's your pick this week?
1: I alluded to it a couple of times. I am, I originally was going to do USC minus 12. I just don't feel great about it. So I'm going to take the under in Notre Dame, Wisconsin. I think this is going to be a slow game. They're going to, both teams play at a slow tempo. They're going to run the clock. I think this is a 24, 20 I think it's a 21 14 17 10 kind of a game. I don't like either team on the spread. I think it's a good spread at five and a half. So I'm going to take the under 46 and a half in Notre Dame, Wisconsin. Yeah. And
2: Sounds I was going to say, I was, well, I was going to say, Ryan, we were talking about uh, how games take too long. This game might be under three hours. Yeah. <laughs>
0: which, would <be laughs> nice. Again, which, would, which would be nice because then we can micromanage <laughs> our time in Nashville. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. And then for me, my pick this week. So I, I was stuck between two games. Fairly sizable spreads, actually. Um, I settled on my pick for this week is I'm taking Florida minus. I think it's 20 and a half at this point. The numbers. Been yeah. Too. 20 and a half. Yeah. yeah I'm going to take Florida minus 20 and a half in the swamp against Tennessee. I saw a lot of really good stuff from Florida this week. That team's hyper talented. They're well coached. And honestly, I think after losing a close one to Alabama, They're not only going to want to get angry, they're going to want to get even. And I see Tennessee running into a buzzsaw. So it's a rivalry game for Florida. I mean, it seems like every team in the SEC, every team with every other team in the SEC in Florida is a rivalry game. But yeah, I'm going to take Florida minus 20 and a half over the Volunteers of Tennessee. Locks this week, boys. Ryan, what are we locking in?
1: I'm just gonna. Well, I don't want to get too excited, but this is maybe my most confident play of the season so far. I'm taking Louisville minus two and a half at Florida State. I don't know what I don't know what the odds makers saw in Florida State to make them a less than a field goal underdog against a pretty good Louisville team that just beat UCF. Um, I already bet it. I I just think Louis. I just think Florida State's bad. There might be the worst team in the ACC. The only team that they maybe have a shot to beat in that division is Syracuse in my opinion. And if I'm getting less than a field goal, like I'm going to take Louisville. So I, I have Louisville minus two and a half over the Florida state Seminoles.
0: All right. I'm going to give my lock this week. Um, I'm riding with a team that I've been pretty high on all year. Um, they did well for me last week against rice. And I think I'm going to stick with them this week. I'm taking Texas minus seven and a half at home against Texas tech um, the Sark program seems to be working. It seems like Texas is, for the first time in a few years, Texas really is going in there and going, let's just go in and take care of business and do what Texas is supposed to do and move along with our day. And you're going to give me, I, I think this probably probably win this game by 10 or 14 points, but you give me minus seven and a half, I'm going to take that all day, every day, hook them.
2: Well, and most importantly, Texas Tech is in Arkansas, so <laughs> should be able to pull through. <laughs> uh, so... Oh, uh, but uh, no, it's a good one. I actually was thinking about taking that one too, uh, to Patty. But I actually my lock, and I kind of hinted at it as one of the games I want to watch. But that's, uh, or actually, that's gonna be for my upset. But this game, uh, North Carolina minus twelve and a half. It's at Georgia Tech. Uh, just last week, that looked like the UNC we saw last year, where they could put sixty on you in a heartbeat. And I know Cle- I know Georgia State or Georgia Tech had a nice fight against Clemson. They even a goal line stand prevented them from potentially tying that game late in the fourth quarter. But I just think that was just a weird game. I don't think Clemson's I think Clemson's a little lost offensively right now. Um, and they had numerous rain delays where they had to stop the game. Uh, it was just kind of a, a weird fluky game. Uh, so I think Georgia Tech's getting a little bit too much credit here. This is still a team that lost to Northern Illinois, who just lost by 53 points to Michigan last week. So I like North Carolina on the road. I think they're starting to find their way, and I think they want to uh, create, continue the momentum that they created last week against Virginia. So I'm taking a minus 12 and a half on the road against Georgia Tech.
0: Perfect. And then the last one, I think this is my favorite pick of the week is whenever we do our upsets. Um, I thought about taking Illinois, but every time we talk about Illinois on this podcast, an angel gets their halo or, you know, some child loses a balloon or something happens. So let's just not, a black cat walks under three ladders and it, it just never works. So. <clears throat> My upset this week, which I don't understand why this is an upset, because really, when you look at it on paper, they should probably just win it outright. But I'm going to take Boston College plus two and a half at home against Missouri. Most projections actually have Boston College winning this game outright, and so I'm going to get some points and get them to win outright. I think that's okay. So I'm going to take Boston College plus two and a half.
1: It's brave with Phil still out. Yes. but. You gotta be brave sometimes. I, I, I Lucas, I joked before you uh, before you hopped on here. I said, are we gonna roll with Akron plus 49 and a half against Ohio State? Maybe we're gonna are we gonna take the points. Or would you rather lay it with okay. I don't wanna if Patty may have this as his next segment, so I'm, I'm not gonna ruin it. But um, my upset pick is going to be Colorado plus 14 and a half against Arizona State. I just don't know if ASU is going to figure stuff out in time. Colorado hasn't been great, but I think Colorado's played some good teams. I think Minnesota is a bowl team. I think Texas A&M could be a really big bowl team. Um, I just don't know if I, I don't trust ASU to cover fourteen against a, really anyone. Like ASU was up by four points at the half against UNLV. Iowa State just beat UNLV forty-eight to three. So I'm going to take. Colorado plus 14 and a half against the Sun Devils.
2: What's the, um, I was just going to say with you guys being in town or a running joke is just take uh, taking UConn uh, or betting. Against Dude, them. They, <laughs> they, they,
1: they took it off FanDuel. Yeah, I didn't see it on FanDuel. No, they were like, Can't do it was, it, it, it was Wyoming minus 29 and a half. And I saw it earlier and they, it's not on FanDuel anymore. I might look at DraftKings to see. It's not there. It's, it's weird.
0: I mean, it's not weird. Uh, yeah, I'm not, all right, All Lucas, right. what what's your upset? Well,
1: Yo. pretty
2: good? Oh, I got I got twenty nine and a half.
1: For yeah. Wyoming? Yes. I would I might bet Wyoming plus twenty minus twenty nine. They they just throttle ball state.
2: Yeah. And they're, anyway. they're very good. But anyways, uh my my upset talked about it earlier in the ACC, NC State plus ten and a half um against Clemson. Um I think this is gonna be since Georgia really the toughest competition that Clemson has had to face. Like I said, I like NC State, despite their loss to Mississippi State. I think offensively, uh, you know, with Devin Leary, they're going to be able to challenge uh, Clemson uh, off or defensively. Uh, Meanwhile, I just – right now, like I said, 17 points against FBS opponents right now for Clemson. And they've played Georgia, obviously really good defense, but then they only laid 14 against Georgia Tech. Give me the points, NC State, night game, I think – they're going to cover by 10 and a half.
0: Cuz remember, good teams win, great teams cover. All cover. right, always baby. <laughs> All right. So, we're going to do a new segment that we started last week that I think I really enjoyed. It's Patty's picks. Uh, we pick college football games, so you don't have to. I'm going to give I'm going to have four games on the docket for us today. And we you're each going to tell me if you want the spread, by who you want the spread it or you want the over under. Okay? So the first game here is Navy at Houston. Here's where this gets fun. Navy or Houston is minus twenty point five, but the over under is only forty eight and a half. What you picking?
1: I'll go with I'll go with Houston. I'll go with Houston minus the 20 and a half Houston. Just throttled rice earlier. Uh, Navy's not good this year. It's not a good football team. They lost by 20. They lost by 20 to air force. Um, my other contum I contemplated the under, cause I don't know if Navy's going to score a lot, but, uh, give me, give me Houston on and I'll lay the 20 and a half.
0: Focus. Uh,
2: yeah, I think I might do the same. uh, Laying the 20 and a half. Um, yeah, as well. I think I'm in agreement with Ryan on that one.
0: Well, that's no fun. Okay.
2: just because. Well, just because just Navy Navy has looked just like a shell of itself, really the last, kind of the last couple of years. Um, and I think Houston potentially could be figuring some stuff out. They blew out Rice. They blew out Grambling. Um, I just don't think Navy's very good. So I'll, I'll take the 20. And Fair
0: half. enough. All right, so next game here. Um, I only have this on some of Intrigue because I love following NFL draft coverage. I think it's absolutely a absolutely fun. So we're gonna t- we're gonna pick a game involving who a couple have projected may be the no- the first quarterback pick this year. Okay. And that is Malik Willis. I don't know if you know where Malik Willis goes to school. Mm-hmm. So Liberty. All right, so Liberty are five-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Syracuse. Over-under is 53-and-a-half. Who are you picking? I'm going
1: to—oh, go ahead. What was the line again? My first thought was the under, actually.
0: So Liberty is five-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 53-and-a-half.
1: I don't know, man. Syracuse already beat a group of five team. They already they already beat Ohio. Give me the under fifty three and a half. Give me the under fifty three and a half.
2: Ah, oh, this is tough. Um, <laughs> God, I haven't really, to be honest, I have not watched a single game of uh, Syracuse football, um, uh, or Liberty for that example. But uh, give me Liberty minus five and a half.
0: Give you Liberty um, or give you death?
2: I think I think Liberty gets up for these these Power Five games because this is their their main thing for exposure. Like Willis is a fascinating, and awesome player to watch, and I don't think Syracuse is very good. And they only scored seven points against Rutgers. So um, give me the five and a half for uh, for Liberty.
0: Five and a half. All right, fair enough. I just
2: I, every time I hear Liberty, I just think of Liberty Mutual that freaking jingle in the back of my head. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Liberty.
0: <laughs> my my employer would take issue with that. Um, <laughs> all right, so one more game or two more games here. Um, this game I found particularly fun, just because I love I love when when lines are small, like real small, like absurdly small. New Mexico at UTEP. UTEP is favored by one and a half points. Over under is fifty four and a half. What you picking?
1: Patty, I just, I just hate these, man. My goodness, you pick some, <laughs> and you pick some crazy, you pick some crazy lines, man. What is going? Um, you so UTEP was laying a point and a half. Yeah, Utah, yeah, yeah, UTEP,
0: me- UTEP's laying a point and a half. The they, oh, uh, no. the money line on them is minus one twenty two. Mexico, New Mexico is at plus one hundred. You know what? Give me,
1: give me New Mexico. Give plus me New a point Mexico. Uh, yeah, give me New Mexico. Plus plus.
0: lucas
2: oh man well give me give me utep just because so they both have a common opponent they actually both played new mexico state who is downright terrible new mexico only beat them by nine whereas utep beat them ryan you know this because you picked new mexico state i believe in that game and utep yeah and they beat them by 27 points so give me utep with the points against New Mexico literally just based off of that. Cause I could not tell you a player or anything about either of these two teams.
0: So I, if I was in your guys situation, I would hammer the under at 54 and a half because I don't think either of these teams gets to 30 points.
2: That's saying I have no idea. Like I, I, I do not know. <laughs> All right.
0: And then the, and then the last game we're going to do this one. Cause, cause Ryan brought it up and uh, well, we're going to talk about it. Um, Ohio State as of this moment in time, which is the at six oh two PM on Monday, Arizona time, Ohio State is laying forty nine and a half on Akron. The over under is sixty seven and a half.
1: So here's my thing. I would um I think the safest bet's the under because I don't think Akron's going to score or if they score they score 3 points. I will lay the 49 and a half with Ohio State. Hell yeah I will. Akron might be the worst team in the in the FBS, so I'm going to I think Ohio State needs to fix some things. They need to like show people that they can still, you know, still score and still blow teams out so um I'm going to I'm going to lay the points. You know what? Why not? <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh I'm in the same boat, I just think Ohio State's just after kind of playing bad against Tulsa and then losing the week before for Oregon, they need like, uh, they need whatever. I can't even think of the word for Akron. They need that. Basically a sacrificial lamb. What you, what you talking their, about is they need a
0: slump buster.
2: Yes. They need a slump buster and Akron is the perfect team to do that because they could beat Akron 70 to nothing, probably playing like a B minus game. That's how bad Akron is. So, I will actually take the points. It's 49 and a half. If it was at 50, I probably would still bet it.
0: Awesome. Well, boys, that is it for Patty's Picks this week, and that's it for running for the Roses. How do you think we did this week? Another good week. Another good week. Next week, of course, we will be coming live. Well, not live, but all three of us will be in the same place and we'll be coming to you from Nashville, home of the Vanderbilt Commodores. For Lucas. And Belmont. And Belmont. And Belmont. The Belmont Bears. And
2: MTSU MTSU is not far. Middle Tennessee State is about 45 minutes away. Tennessee State is right down the road for
0: me. Well, for the boys, Lucas and Ryan, I am, of course, Patty Swags. Follow us on the socials, and we will talk to you at a night. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay (laughs) healthy.